Hi, I'm Tom Griffith, and welcome to the Greater Formation and Power podcast. Here we'll discuss topics and practices that will help you deepen your intimacy with God the Father, exercise your authority in Jesus the Son, and move in the power of the Holy Spirit. We want to walk in God's truth and intimacy and power. We need all three strands working together in our lives because we believe that nothing else will actually do. Hi, I hope you're having a good day, and I want to thank you again for tuning in to this podcast. And I want to ask you a question. What makes a good teacher or maybe a good boss or a good leader or a good coach? There's a number of skills that could be involved, but what I want to hone in on is that usually the commonality is they function or they express or they exude authority. And by authority, I mean the right and or the ability to make things happen or to make them change. You know, Jesus was that way. At the end of the Sermon on the Mount, which is recorded in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, at the end of chapter 7, it says that the people were amazed because he taught as one who had authority, not like the teachers of the law. So they could recognize in some way a different quality of authority in his life. I've been pondering what that means, and I've even been asking some people of concerning, what do you think they were perceiving? Some have described, well, he presented probably with a kind of a confidence that he seemed to, knew, to know what he was talking about. Possibly he also used, we can tell, very bold statements. He wasn't bringing a whole lot of new teaching, but he brought a depth and a boldness to it. He would say, you've heard that it was said this, but I tell you. Almost as he spoke, it would evoke a response in the listener that says, what gives you the right to say that? Well, there was a sense of authority that apparently gave him the right to say that. He spoke as one who was speaking from experience. He did what he said. He wasn't just teaching truths. He was speaking truth that he also lived. He was speaking out of his experience. He also seemed to speak with a kind of, from a place of identity. You know, a lot of people these days struggle with what we call uh, the, um, uh, you know, imposter syndrome. Jesus didn't have an imposter syndrome. He spoke in a way that he knew who he was. You know, he had a family history that he heard about, his aunt Elizabeth and his cousin John, who became John the Baptist, that there was family lore about his identity. Then he was baptized, we see, in in particularly in the book of Luke, and but in in those gospels that describe the Spirit of God coming upon him as a Dove, and in the book of Mark, it says, You are my son with whom I'm well pleased. In the other accounts, it's this is my son. But there's this identity within him that became deeper or clearer even at his baptism. And he also, out of his time of aloneness before God, seemed to grow in a sense of intimacy and revelation and counsel that deepened and strengthened his identity. He spoke out of his identity. And with that carried a certain measure of authority, it seems. He was one who 
had results from what he spoke about. He didn't, again, just teach truths. He demonstrated right before the Sermon on the Mount, in the end of chapter 4 of uh, Matthew, we see that they're bringing people from all over, from the Decapolis, which means 10 cities, from across the Jordan, from the whole region. There, he, They're bringing the sick and those who are paralyzed, those who have seizures, those who are demonized, and he's healing them. He's having results. His, his teaching is not just about things. It actually releases results. That's authority. There was also apparently a kind of a newness or a freshness in the way that he spoke. It wasn't unthought of things because mainly he's quoting the Old Testament, but there's bringing, he's bringing a freshness as if it's kind of live or a living take on these truths. And there was something apparently about his presence as he spoke. And maybe you've experienced this when you've heard people preach or or you've been in settings where people have been teaching that there's a sense of the weight of the glory of God, like a thickness in the air, like a tangible presence of God, and a kind of heavenly impartation. Those are all descriptions of authority or kingdom authority that I want to discuss a little bit further with you today. And the reason I want to discuss it is that I believe that we can be growing in and walking in spiritual authorities, in spiritual authority in Christ as Christians, or another way to think of Christian, because we just have the term Christian, we don't really think about it very much, a way that maybe would help you to think about it kind of more rawly is Christ ones. We are Christ once, Christ in us. We represent him. You are Jesus in your skin, in your body, representing him as a kind of ambassador, um, really exuding the life of Christ in you. We can grow in and walk in spiritual authority. But to do that, first of all, we must, I think, realize how important it is. We need to have a sense of need or desperation for the authority, the spiritual authority of God. Supernatural fruit cannot be born of human effort. Do you believe that? Supernatural fruit cannot be born of human effort, but only from divine enablement. In other words, divine impartation and the authority of God. Recently, uh, uh, this year, not bright recently, but earlier in the year, I read a book by... uh, Rob Reimer called Spiritual Authority that was great, and I'm going to borrow little snips of it even here today. But Jesus' authority, he grew in that awareness of his authority as from being a young boy into adolescence and young manhood. Um, It says in Luke 2.52 that he grew in wisdom and stature before God and people. Um, As he grew in his awareness of his spiritual authority and his identity, so can we. But that the way to do that, some ways that Rob described are really three kinds of things that I tweak in my own way. One is that his identity was rooted in Christ, in a sense that he was the Son of God. But you, your identity, too, in Christ, is that you are a son or a daughter of God. And that, first of all, means that you are loved. In Scripture, it describes that we are 
As loved, we love. If you are not experiencing the love, the that uh, enfolding of God, that he likes you, that he cares about you, that when he created you, he intended you, that sense of being loved by God needs to be the foundation of spiritual authority. In that, uh, in the book of Ephesians, the apostle uses the expression, Ephesians is only six chapters long, it's about six pages in your Bible. In those six pages, he uses the expression, in Christ, 30 times. He wants you to know that your authority, that your identity is in Christ. You may remember in uh, Romans chapter 8, verses 15 and 16, it says, You did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. We've been adopted because of Christ. We, a spirit of adoption or sonship. And that spirit cries out within us, Abba, Father, Abba, like Daddy. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So for us to walk in spiritual authority, to walk in that ability, that right to make things happen or change, we it needs to be rooted in our identity as a loved one, as a Christ one loved in Christ. Secondly, there's a thought that uh, if we want to grow in our uh, spiritual authority, that it's rooted in Christ, but it's also expanded or uh, in our intimacy with God. I have three words or three practices that I think help us develop intimacy with God more than anything else, and they're stillness silence, and solitude. You're going to hear me come back to that again and again in these podcasts. Stillness, where we are stilling our uh, our bodies, our activity. Just stop stilling ourselves. But we also need to learn how to silence our mind from all the things. And that usually means we're going to have to take some time being still so that we can also silence our mind. So that all the thoughts, all the things that we haven't done yet, or all the accusations, or all the guilt, or fear, all those kinds of things, we take the time to kind of be with them, address them, let them dissipate so that our mind can go to a place of silence. No voices speaking in, and no clamor from our own mind, or thoughts. And it's going to take some solitude, getting away from people and input and recognizing that you are not sustaining the world. You are not trying to create the world in your image or your family or your spouse or your workplace. You're going to separate yourself into a position of solitude. It's you and it's God. That becomes a place of healing. It takes time to do it. We're going to need to spend time. We see Jesus doing that. He's often pulling himself out of the, out of the flow, out of the, uh, the fray, and getting alone, solitude, stilling himself, and communing 
with the Father. That's going to take time. We need to do that in order to develop rest for our souls. Authority flows out of rest, not out of striving, not out of hurried and harriedness. So we're going to need to find rest for our soul. You know, and I will talk again many times in these podcasts about the value of power, and that's part of even what authority is about, is going to be to release the power of God. But to get to that space, we're going to need a healed soul, and that's going to come some through power encounters. Those those bring healing in the moment, but it's worked out. It's deepened through stillness, silence. And solitude, finding that rest for our soul, time to simply be with God, not to get a word from God, not to get direction from God, to be with God. That is where intimacy is built in our life. We want to develop a, a kind of a secret life with God, an intimate, a, a self-life with God that, that only God and you No, the interesting thing is nobody can be as close to you as God. You can have no relationship as close to God, and I don't mean that in just some ethereal way. No, it's true. The God who made you, somehow he dwells in your being, and he is the only one who sees life from your perspective. He's the only one who looks out of your eyes with you and experiences life from your perspective, and he can give you insight The one who created you, knows you, is with you, and in you, and perceiving with you, so that when you spend time in reflection, you know that's a big another big word for me, that when we reflect over what happened yesterday, or what happened this morning, or what happened this evening with God, when we're reflecting with God, we are receiving the counsel of the Holy Spirit, the love of God, the instruction, the correction the insight. Now we're deepening our intimacy with God. So authority is rooted in our identity in Christ, but it's expanded in our intimacy with Christ. Those are concepts, again, that that Rob Reimer brought up. A third, and I'm only going to talk about three, is I'm going to say we need to exercise, or we need to stand and act in God's authority. Or uh, let me put it another way. We need to stand and act in God's right to do what God wants. So we want to be actually uh, releasing or acting in God's authority. It means to actively express what God has put in you or what he has built in you or built through you to impact others with the impartation that God has for them. Well, that's that has that's a lot of words right there. What I mean is that we want to be come to a place in our lives where we're understanding how we're formed and you know in my coaching I help people understand their their sense of uh, design. We want to understand how we're formed and what he's placed in us and then we want to be able to express confidently with God's enablement what he has built in us, and what we have to offer the world. My vision is that everybody all over the world would be able to express what they have to offer the world. That's what it means to be uh, 
a follower of Christ, but it's actually also what it means to be human. When God imagined you, when he invented you, he had a reason. There was a purpose in that thing. And the more that you clarify that and grow in your sense of of authority, your identity in Christ and your intimacy with him, now you can stand up and express it with God's enablement confidently. This is what I have to offer the world. You want to come to a place where you're able to pray it. And you're praying about what you believe God has you to offer to the world. And you're saying it. Now you're speaking the message that God has for you, whether it is related to a particular kind of social justice or or uh, a particular skill that God's given you that's going to help other people in some way. Uh, I want you to pray it. I want you to say it. And I want you to do it. To walk in the authority of God is to have the right to make a difference, the right to make things happen or change in the authority of God, the right to do the things that God wants to have happen through you. You know, for me, you've heard my message probably, I call it my transformational message, that I help people who are uh, in transition or in confusion, they're in a significant shift in their life, I help them get clear, get focused, and be fruitful. I reach into your heart and pull it out in front of you and help you to see and address the main things you need to address to take bold steps into your future. Together, we lay a foundation for the next season of your life. I'm like a football coach for your soul. That's what I have to offer the world. It talks about who I help. I help people who who need to bring clarity to their life. And I help that clarity. I help you to take bold steps to address it and to lay a foundation for the next season of your life. That's what I want to do with people all over the world. How about you? Do you know what it would look like for you to exercise, for you to demonstrate, for you to express in Jesus' authority the very purposes he has in your life. That's my hope for you and for all of humanity. Well, let me start to land the plane a little bit. First of all, what do you do with all this? Well, first I want you to realize that you were not born by accident But actually, God had a recipe that he was working down your family line, that he imagined you, and he used generation after generation. He actually used thousands of people to frame you, and he breathed life into your mother's womb, a unique life that never has been on the earth before this moment. You're not haphazardly created. You're a recipe that God put together and breathed into existence. Not only so, he's sustaining your heartbeat even right now. And you've not haphazardly landed where you are. Instead, I want to encourage you that God has placed you and he's placed you in the roles and he's related you right where you are. Sometimes we, we never choose our roles. We, we rarely choose our roles. He's placed us there and he's placed us there on purpose so that we can uh, exercise this authority in our sphere of influence. And you are not ill-equipped, but Scripture describes that you've been given all that you need in both the spiritual realm of blessing, but also in resources. God has given you and is giving you and will give you what you need to accomplish the things he has for you into the authority of Jesus. Are you aware of 
your spiritual authority in Christ? Are you in that identity as a loved one? Are you experiencing intimacy with the Father when you pray, when you are still, silent, and alone? Um, are you walking in a sense of assignment from God in a way that you feel like uh, is enabled by him, that carries his authority, so that when you speak, people can hear a sense of the authority of God in it, that it has in it a deposit from heaven like Jesus? That's not just Jesus. That's for you. If you're a believer, a Christ one, that same spirit, that same kind of anointing, that kind of impact, that authority is to be yours. And are you investing your time and your energy and your money to be and to do what God is building in and through you? That's a really critical part of life that you recognize those things and now are investing your lives your life along those ways. Well, <clears throat> what are your next steps? First, I want to encourage you to recognize that spiritual authority really is a thing. It's a thing. There is such a thing as spiritual authority. We don't see it much in the United States because we think everybody's on the same plane and our opinions just count more than other people's opinions. But other than that, we're all on the same plane. Not true, and it's particularly not true of how the kingdom of God works. There's people who have authority to lead, authority to make decisions, authority to go ahead, authority to make things happen or to make things change. Recognize that spiritual authority really is a thing, and your job is to recognize it in a given setting, in a workspace, even in a family, in a school, in a in a neighborhood, you recognize spiritual authority and you align your life with it. When you recognize somebody's called to lead, there's a kind of authority in them, then come under it, serve it, bless them, strengthen them. It makes it easier for them to lead and it makes it e takes the weight off of you trying to have to make every decision. Spiritual authority is a thing. Secondly, I want you to understand that you have that all authority is in Christ, but that you have the ability to grow in spiritual authority and to walk in it and to wield it, to grow in the right to see the things of God happen through you because you are becoming stable. You are becoming intimate with God. You are becoming a consistent kind of mouthpiece. I want to challenge you to invest your time and your focus to grow in spiritual authority. And I've given you some ideas here of how to do that. But if you're not sure how, um, read, you know, I'd even recommend that book. Again, Spiritual Authority by Rob Reimer. But I also encourage you to get help. You know, that's one of the things I do is help people get clear in their assignment and awareness of God's spiritual authority in their life. Please don't live a life as if you don't have authority. You do. And don't look at it as if we all have the same amount of authority. That's not true. And don't look at it as if you have a measure and that can't be changed. That's not true. You've been given authority in Jesus, and as you grow in him, as you practice exercising, you can grow your authority. So the last 
challenge is I want you to exercise that authority, to demonstrate it, to declare what God wants, to pray what God wants, to say what God wants, and to do what God wants in your realms of authority, and to grow clearer in your discernment of what he wants, and better in your articulation both in prayer and in speech, and to, through practice, get better at doing what God wants in the authority of Jesus. And I would even encourage you, you know, we often pray our prayers, and at the end of our prayer, we'll say, in the name of Jesus. But sometimes we don't think about what that means. I would encourage you to think about, instead of saying, in the name of Jesus, at the end of your prayer, say, in the authority of Jesus. That's what it means, that your prayer is in line with Jesus, and it carries his authority. Well, again, I want to thank you for listening today, and I want to encourage you. You can grow in spiritual authority, and it's important to do so. If you have any questions or any thoughts, feel free. You can pop me an email. The easiest way to do that is at greaterformation at gmail.com. Greaterformation, that's my coaching business, greaterformation at gmail.com. Or you could... Um, you could uh, st- schedule a, a, a strategy session with me and we talk about these things and clarify some next steps for you by simply going to tommygriff.com. You go to Tommy Griff, there's a little video that describes a strategy session and calendar. We could set up time to talk about it. Whatever the case, if there's any way I can help you to get clearer in your awareness of spiritual authority, I'd love to do that. Let me pray a simple prayer. Jesus, Thank you that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to you and that you are giving and want to exercise your authority through our lives. I pray for all those listening that they would grow in their awareness authority so that they can release the resources of heaven into the earth in their realms of responsibility in the authority of Jesus. Amen. You guys have a great day. Tune in for more teachings in the future. Bye-bye.